I invite you to stand with me now as we reverence the reading of God's Word. We're going to be in the Gospel of Luke again, the Gospel of Luke chapter 6. Uh, and it says, uh, chapter 6, verse 6 through 11, uh, the message is entitled, The Withered Hand. It says, On another Sabbath he entered the synagogue and was teaching. And there was a man there whose right hand was withered. The scribes and the Pharisees were watching him closely to see if he healed on the Sabbath so that they might find reason to accuse him. But he knew what they were thinking, and he said to the man with the withered hand, Get up and come forward. And he got up and he came forward. And Jesus said to him, said to them, I ask you, is it lawful to do good or to do harm on the Sabbath, to save a life or to destroy it? And, he, and uh, after looking around at them all, he said to him, Stretch out your hand. And he did so, and his hand was restored. But they themselves were filled with rage and discussed together what they might do to Jesus. May God bless the reading of his word. You may be seated. And so uh, we're going to be in the Gospel of Luke tonight again uh, with the teenagers on Wednesday night. We've been going through uh, the Gospel of Luke, uh, and we've called the series Jesus Encounters. And so we look at different Jesus encounters every week with the teenagers and this is one that we looked at uh, a while ago, and, and I uh, thought that I could uh, definitely bring this to the church when I get the opportunity to preach. And so uh, I have the opportunity to preach again tonight, and so I'm going to bring you this message. Uh, but these Jesus encounters, that Jesus encounters uh, different people throughout the Scripture that we have an account of, and their lives are drastically changed. Uh, when uh, we, uh, as followers of Jesus, encounter Jesus, our lives lives were drastically changed. And it was true in the scriptures also. Uh, people would encounter Jesus and their lives would be changed. And so this man that we're going to look at tonight, his life was drastically changed by Jesus' hand. Uh, this evening we'll look at this healing that Jesus performed for a man whose hand was withered. Some uh, of the instances where we see Jesus uh, heal, he couples the healing with teaching. And so Jesus would go about during his earthly ministry, and he, he stuck uh, to doing the same things for the most part. We see Jesus teaching. We see Jesus healing. We see him casting out uh, demons. We see him performing these miracles. And so Jesus uh, is doing these things as he's going about his gospel ministry. And so in this particular account, we find Jesus in a synagogue on the Sabbath day. Uh, this was nothing out of character for Jesus. Uh, Luke tells us uh, in Luke chapter 4 verse 16, And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and, was all, and as was his custom, he entered the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read. And so it was Jesus' custom to go to the synagogue on the Sabbath day. This was nothing... Uh, out of the ordinary, Jesus would go into the synagogue, and we find Jesus here uh, at, at a synagogue, or in Luke chapter 4, he's at the synagogue in, in Nazareth, uh, but he uh, would stand up and read, and so he would be teaching. To understand a little background uh, to the miracle that will take place that we will look at here in just a moment, uh, we will bust back up a few verses and we'll back up to Luke chapter 6, verse 1 through 5, if you're following along. It says, Now it happened 
that he was passing through some grain fields. Uh, Luke is very, uh, you can identify his writing because he says, now it happened and it happened. Uh, And so Luke says, now it happened that he was passing through some grain fields on a Sabbath. And his disciples, disciples were picking the heads of grain, rubbing them in their hands and eating the grain. But some of the Pharisees said, uh, why do you do what is not lawful on the Sabbath? And Jesus answering them said, have you not read that when David, when he was hungry, uh, he and those who were with him, how he entered the house of God and took and ate the consecrated bread, uh, which is not lawful for any uh, to eat except the priest alone, and gave it to his companions. And he was saying to them, the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. And so I would imagine here that Jesus is teaching these Pharisees something. But we'll look here in just a minute how the Pharisees, uh, you know, they didn't want to listen to what Jesus had to say. Uh, But it says that Jesus is telling them about this account that we'll look at here in just a moment. But as he was saying these things to them, he would say, the Son of Man is the Lord of the Sabbath. And so this is going to be uh, the, the pretext for the text that we're going to get to here in just a moment. It all flows in together. And so Jesus and his disciples are walking through the fields. And it's on the Sabbath day. At this moment, like many others, the Pharisees are lurking and watching. And can you picture the Pharisees just following behind Jesus and they're just like, you know, just... They're just the bad guys, and they're just following closely behind Jesus. They're watching. They're lurking. They're trying to catch Jesus up. And so maybe they were ducking between the wheat, trying to see what what they're doing. You know, they were the, the spies of the time. They're trying to see what Jesus and his disciples are doing. The disciples were hungry, and they began to pick the head of the grain. And they would rub it together in their hands. And when that would happen, uh, the stuff they didn't want would fall out. And the stuff they did want would stay in their hands. And they began to eat uh, the grain that they had picked. You know, these Pharisees, they weren't fun guys to be around. You know, they were a stick in the mud. You know, it's just they were always down and, you know, just distraught in in some ways. But, uh, you know, always looking to to, uh, accuse someone especially Jesus and his disciples. And so uh, John the Baptist said this about them. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming for baptism, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Oftentimes we find the Pharisees being the accusers. They're the ones pointing the fingers. They place heavy burdens on the people. Do this, do that. Don't touch this. Don't go here. Don't talk to this person. Pharisees would live in such a way that if they were walking down a street, they would cross across the street so they wouldn't have to rub elbows with somebody who was unclean, somebody who was a sinner. They lived like they were righteous themselves. And John the Baptist called them out for what they were. He said, you brood of vipers. Who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Matthew eleven twenty eight says, uh, Jesus speaking, he said, Come to me all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. 
What a refreshing thing for the people of this time to hear this. And what a refreshing thing for us to hear this. Jesus is saying, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart. That's the complete opposite of the Pharisees. They were anything but gentle. They were anything but humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. The people, when they were hearing this, I would imagine they were just clinging to the words that Jesus was saying. For my yoke is easy. My burden is easy. It's light. So so refreshing for the people of this time and so refreshing for us. This was and is the invitation of Jesus. The heavy burden of, of striving to keep up. Trying to uh, do our best on our own. The invitation is for those who are burdened by their own spiritual bankruptcy. And the heavy burden of trying to keep the law. Trying to do everything that they could to keep the law. And it was just a heavy burden upon them. The works of the law were endless and fruitless for trying to save oneself. Ephesians says, by grace you have been saved. Through faith and not that of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works. And so Jesus here, this is his attitude. This is what he teaches. This is what he preaches. And so he's telling these people here to come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden. And the disciples, you know, they spent more time with Jesus than most folks. And so they are walking through the grain fields with Jesus. And they know that, uh, what, what Jesus is about. And the disciples here, you can almost picture them walking through the grain field. And they pick the head. And they rub it. And they get the food and they eat it. And the Pharisees they're, and the uh, Sadducees, they're waiting in the back uh, trying to accuse them of something. And in verse 2 it says, But some of the Pharisees said, Why do you do what is not lawful on the Sabbath? And so notice that the Pharisees will bring the law into the conversation. We see the hypocrisy of the Pharisees, Pharisees here in this statement. The law did not prohibit the picking of grain that would, use, that would be used for food on the Sabbath. The law allowed that one could go through their neighbor's field and pick the head of the grain and eat it out of necessity. The issue that the Pharisees had uh, was that they were doing it on the Sabbath. If it would have been any other day of the week... The Pharisees most likely wouldn't have said anything. They might have. They are always trying to pick a fight. But they could go through the field and pick the head off the grain and they could eat it. They could not pick the head off the grain and sell it. They would have broken uh, the, the law that they shouldn't, they shouldn't have been doing that. But they weren't doing that. They were just eating out of necessity. The, the disciples were hungry. Jesus would answer the Pharisees with a rebuke and give them a brief history lesson. And we see this in verse 3 and 4. And Jesus answering them. Now when Jesus gives an answer, uh, you best believe it's going to be the right answer. He's answering them and he said, Have you not even read what David did when he was hungry? He and those who were with him, how he entered the house of God and took and ate the consecrated bread which is not lawful for any to eat except the priests alone, and gave it to his companions. 
And so Jesus, he answers them. And, and I love how Jesus words it this way. He says, have you not even read what David did when he was hungry? It's almost like he's just poking at him. You know, he's poking at him. Have you not read what, uh, what David did when he was hungry? You know, this would have been something that the Pharisees wouldn't have liked. Jesus bringing history into it and Jesus bringing what David did and how David ate of the consecrated bread and how he was justified. Uh, they wouldn't have liked that because Jesus is proving them wrong through Scripture. Jesus is proving them wrong uh, through history, which they would have known have you not even read what David and his companions did when he was hungry? And so this was the time that David was fleeing from Saul. And he comes to the priest uh, Ahimelech. Uh, and David is needing supplies for the journey that is ahead of him. But there's a problem. The priest doesn't have any food. But the only thing he has is the consecrated bread. And so this is the bread that would have been set on the Lord's table. This is the bread that was set aside. This bread would be, would be replaced every Sabbath day with new bread and could only be eaten by the priest. Everyone knew that, that that bread could only be eaten by the priest. But this priest gave David the bread out of necessity and out of mercy. David was hungry. His companions were hungry. Now you have to remember this is the anointed of God before this priest. And the anointed of God is asking for, the, for food and the priest has none. But the consecrated bread. Matthew uh, adds a, a few more lines to this account. It says, Or have you not read in the law that on the Sabbath the priests in the temple uh, break the Sabbath and are innocent? But I say to you that something greater than the temple is here. But if you had known uh, what this means, I desire compassion and not sacrifice. You would not have condemned the innocent. And so David and the ones that he are with are hungry. And so there's a real need in this moment that David was in. You know, when we're hungry, uh, you know, we uh, think we've been hungry before, but when we're really hungry, there is a real need in that moment, a need to go and get food. And so David was in that moment. Now, I'd imagine that David was on the run. He was lacking supplies. Uh, he desperately needed them. It was a necessity that he have, he have food, and he was God's chosen man, and so it was a necessity that he keep on living. And uh, the priest knew that. And so we find David eating of this bread, the real need. And the Pharisees uh, did understand this. You know, all they could see was the law, and their, but their eyes were blinded to compassion when looking at the disciples. The eyes, their eyes were blinded. You know, all they saw were the things that they were doing wrong. And so... When Matthew adds to his account, he says, But I say to you that something greater than the temple is here. What a statement. Jesus is speaking of himself. Something greater than the temple, something greater uh, than all of that is here. But if you had known what this means, I desire compassion and not sacrifice. You would have not condemned the innocent. And so just hold on to that for a moment and think about where we're going. We're going to the man with the withered hand. Jesus is walking through the grain field with his disciples on the Sabbath. And in just a moment, we'll look at Jesus in the synagogue on the Sabbath. 
And so Jesus gets straight to the point and exerts his deity. And we see this in 6.5. And he was saying to them, the Son of Man is the Lord of the Sabbath. The Sabbath was designed for man to rest and to worship God. It's a set-aside time. The Pharisees, they had messed it all up. Christ is the recipient of that worship. Christ is the one uh, where the Sabbath was set aside so Christ could be worshipped. It was for him. It was for man to rest. It was for God to receive praise. And so this makes him supreme over the Sabbath. He is the Lord of the Sabbath. And so moving into our main text for tonight, uh, we'll look at an encounter that Jesus had with a man that had a withered hand. He had a disability. He had a problem in his life physically, uh, which no doubt it probably caused other things uh, to, for him. You know, uh, in this time, if you had uh, a disability, uh, you know, they would look at it as a curse, as something was wrong. Maybe your parents sinned or maybe you sinned. We don't see any of that. But we see that Jesus uh, is, meets this man with mercy. And so we see the mercy of Jesus. When Jesus encountered this man, his focus was on the man's condition and not the opinion of the, out, the onlookers. Notice that when the Pharisees come into the room, they are worried about Jesus healing on the Sabbath. They weren't worried about the man with the withered hand. They weren't worried about the life that he had been having to live. The problem that he had lived with for however long. But they were just looking at Jesus and trying to accuse Jesus. And so the heart of Jesus was set on compassion. Just as we read earlier that Jesus does, uh, God said, I desire compassion. So when we encounter those around us that are in need. Just as this man was in need, just as the disciples were in need as they were going through the grain field, just as David was in need when he needed something to eat, when we encounter those around us who are in need, are our hearts full of compassion? Or are they like the Pharisees and full of hate and bitterness? Maybe that's somebody who did us wrong. Maybe it's somebody who we don't like. Maybe it's a prejudice that we might have. Maybe it's something within our heart that is not right. When we encounter those around us, those who need help, those who are in necessity, are our hearts set on compassion? Because you best believe that while Jesus was here on this earth, his heart was set on compassion. And his heart still is set on compassion. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. And so the Pharisees, they were so full of themselves and their own righteousness. How they upheld every bit of the law. How they did this and did that. And how they didn't do this. And how they didn't associate with certain types of people. They were full of themselves. Their own righteousness, not righteousness from God. And they were angry that Jesus was going to heal this man. It's like they already knew what Jesus was going to do. They're watching to see if Jesus would heal on the Sabbath. That lets me know that they already knew that Jesus, there was a possibility that Jesus was going to heal on the Sabbath. And so Jesus uh, gave an analogy of a sheep falling into a hole. If a sheep falls into a hole, our natural response would be to pull it out of the hole. It would be the same for the Pharisees. They would pull the sheep out of the hole 
even if for the Sabbath. And so Jesus asked the question, how much more valuable than a man is, uh, how much more valuable is a man than a sheep? And so Jesus was dealing with the, the issues of the heart here, even if they were not aware of it. Their hearts were so hardened towards the needs of people. Their hearts were so hardened towards, the, towards Jesus that they would help a sheep before they would help a fellow person. Think about that for a moment. They would help an animal that had fallen in a hole, even if it were the Sabbath, before they would help a man. And so in Luke chapter 6, verse 8 and 9, we see it says, But he knew what they were thinking. And he said to the man with the withered hand, Get up and come forward. And he got up and he came forward. And Jesus said to them, I ask you, is it lawful to do good or do harm on the Sabbath? To save a life or destroy it? He gets the man to come forward and then asks this question to everyone. He already knew what the Pharisees were thinking. And by healing the man, he was showing them that their man-made system was not going to stop him from doing to what he came to do. Jesus had come to seek and to save that which was lost. And this man here, we don't know his, uh, we don't know his testimony, uh, but I can guarantee you that he had a Jesus encounter and his life was drastically changed because of a man named Jesus. Jesus came to save, seek and to save that which is lost. It was indeed lawful to do good on the Sabbath. We must point that out. And it was especially lawful to do deeds of charity, deeds of mercy, and to worship. And it was lawful to save a life. And so here you have Jesus asking this question. Jesus is asking this question and he knows the answer to it already. Is it lawful to do good or to do harm on the Sabbath? To save a life or to destroy it? Now, sometimes I wish that Jesus would have let the Pharisees answer, just so we could see their dumb response. Um, just to see what they would come up with. And sometimes they do. But here, uh, we don't see Jesus give them an opportunity to answer. But we know that it was uh, lawful, lawful for Jesus to do what he was about to do. Jesus would not break the law. James would say, to one who knows the right thing to do and does not do it, to him it is sin. The right thing to do. Now, how does that apply to us? Now, we know uh, within ourselves the right things that we should do, and when we do not do them, it is sin. And so we know that there's no sin in Jesus, and he, is not, he was not going to sin. And Jesus saw a need. He saw a necessity. Somebody that needed help. And he tells the man to get up and to come here. And the man gets up and he comes there. And so we're going to look at the healing of the man. And we see this in verse 10 and 11. After looking around at them all. And so this is Jesus' uh, opportunity to give them a, a, a chance to respond to them. And so he asks this question. Is it, is it lawful to do good or to do harm on the Sabbath? To save a life or destroy it? And then after looking around at them all. And so maybe they were just speechless in this moment. 
You know, maybe they were just twiddling their thumbs, or maybe they weren't listening to Jesus. But Jesus asks them this question, and then he looks around at them all. I can imagine him making eye contact with every single one of those Pharisees. About to show them what he's going to do. And so he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And he did so. And his hand was restored. And so we see this miracle take place, this miracle of healing take place. And no doubt everyone within that room would have been in astonishment. I can even imagine that the Pharisees in this moment, uh, eyes would have opened real wide because of what Jesus had just did. The disciples, they've been with Jesus for quite some time and they've seen Jesus perform these healings. They know, hey, this is what Jesus is about. Jesus is about healing those uh, who need healing. He's about uh, raising the dead to life. He's about... uh, Talking to the ones that nobody else wants to talk to. He's uh, casting out uh, demons. He's healing leprosy. Uh, We know the disciples knew what Jesus was about. We then read, sorry, this is really a quite an amazing uh, segment of Scripture. If you consider the context of what Luke has just walked us through before. The disciples and Jesus are walking through the grain fields. They're picking the grain. They're eating the grain all on the Sabbath. Out of necessity. In the very next segment of scripture, we see a man who is lame in his hand. Who has the necessity. And so we read that Jesus heals a man whose hand was withered. It was drawn in. The Pharisees question Jesus about the grain. Is this lawful? And then they watched him closely to see if he would heal on the Sabbath. They're the ones lurking in the back, watching and waiting. Trying to find their opportune moment to accuse Jesus. Jesus asked the man to do the very thing that he could not do. An interesting part about this scripture. This man's hand had been drawn in for no telling how long. It was withered. Shrunken. And yet Jesus calls him forward and the man stands up and goes forward and Jesus tells him to stretch out your hand. Do the very thing that you know that you cannot do. And we know how the story goes. The man stretches out his hand. The man is healed. The law was much like this man's withered hand. It was this bound up way of living. Constricted. It constrained those who were under its rule. That heavy burden. It was weighty. But here we have Jesus step on the scene. And Jesus brings freedom. Jesus brings peace. Jesus brings comfort. Uh, Jesus brings that yoke that is easy. And it was the faith in God's word that made the man stretch out his hand. The man had to respond in faith. Stretch out your hand. If the man would have just stayed there and, no, I can't stretch out my hand. It's always been this way. He would have been lacking in his faith. 
But we see the faith of this man exhibited here when he stretches out his hand. And I would imagine that he was reaching towards Jesus. Just a perfect picture of the gospel. A man who is crippled, a man who has a withered hand, a man who has lived life, lived a life that we can't even imagine. And Jesus steps on the scene and Jesus tells him to stretch out his hand and he reaches his hand out towards the Savior. He reaches his hand out towards the one who had just healed him. He reaches his hand out towards the Messiah, the long-awaited one. I would imagine jaws were dropping in the room at the moment. It was faith that motivated this man to stretch out his hand. And it was God's power that allowed his hand to be moved. God's power working through Jesus. And so lastly, we'll look at the heart of the Pharisees. In verse 11 it says, But they themselves were filled with rage. And discuss together what they might do to Jesus. It seems fitting for the Pharisees to be mad about a man's hand being healed. It seems fitting for the Pharisees to be mad all the time. They were always mad. They were always upset. They were always trying to get Jesus and his followers. Why do your disciples do this? Why don't you do this? Why do your disciples eat this? And so the Pharisees, they were always upset. They were always mad. They were literally filled with rage at such a miracle. Can you imagine that somebody's hand has been stretched in or withered in, constricted, and then the man's hand is no longer constricted. It is stretched out, and they're mad about it. They're upset. They're filled with rage. And I can imagine that they were upset in this moment because Jesus had performed this miracle on the Sabbath. But in all actuality, they would have been upset if Jesus performed this miracle any other day of the week. They would have found a reason to be mad at Jesus. Any other day of the week, it didn't matter that it was the Sabbath to them. They were just trying to accuse Jesus of something. They were hypocrites. Justifying themselves by their own righteousness. And Jesus knew that. He knew their hearts. He knew their hearts were full of hate, full of vile, the brood of snakes. Their hatred went to such an extent that Matthew wrote of this account. The Pharisees went out and conspired against him as to how they might destroy him. Now that's some hatred. How they might destroy him. They were looking for a reason to accuse him, but they couldn't find one. If they were going to say that he worked on the Sabbath by healing a man, because that's what they were trying to do, is say that he healed a man on the Sabbath and that he was working. They couldn't because Jesus had had not performed physical work. Jesus simply said, reach out your hand. With his command, with his voice, his words, the power of God allowed that man To stretch out his hand. They were there in the beginning to accuse him. They watched him closely. Watching his every move. You know, we talked about Mary this morning sitting at the feet of Jesus. And that moment where she's just watching everything that Jesus is doing and taking in every words. 
So we have that positive, but on the other hand of that, we have this negative. To where the Pharisees are watching and they're waiting, they're conniving, trying to catch Jesus up. They watched him closely, and when they could not accuse him, they became furious and wished to destroy him. And we will see throughout Scripture, up until Jesus makes it to Golgotha, that the Pharisees were out to get him, out to accuse him. Matthew 23, uh, verse 27 says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. And so this is Jesus speaking. For you are like whitewashed tombs, which on the outside appear beautiful, but inside they are full of dead man's bones and all uncleanliness. This is the heart of the Pharisee. This is the Pharisee uh, and the scribes that Jesus is describing. For you're like whitewashed tombs, which on the outside appear beautiful. You look good, but on the inside you're full of dead man's bones and all uncleanliness. So you too outwardly appear righteous to men, but inwardly you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. And so this is, you know... Not a good thing that Jesus is saying. Jesus knew the Pharisees' hearts. He knew that they looked good on the outside, but he knew inside they were dead. They were hypocrites. Unrighteousness. Uncleanliness. And here you have the Pharisees thinking that they've got it all together. Thinking that they're about to have their moment to accuse Jesus. And we know that Jesus is holy. As we begin to close, I just want to remind us that we have the assurance that our God is full of mercy and that he is just. It is his nature. And we too should display those things. We should remember the mercy that David was shown when he went for food. We should remember the mercy that the disciples were shown, the grace when they were picking the heads of grain and eating them. We should remember the man with the withered hand who the world saw as an outcast, but who Jesus saw as somebody worth healing, somebody worth redeeming even. When faced with opposition, Jesus went to the word. When the Pharisees were trying to accuse the disciples, Jesus took them and gave them a history lesson about David. And Jesus did what was good. He did what was good in the sight of his father. Everything that Jesus did was for the will of the father, to bring God glory. And so Jesus here is healing this man. And it's all, for Je- it's all for God. It's all for God. The Pharisees thought they lived for God. But they were far from him. And they were right in front of the Savior, the Messiah. The long-awaited one. And they missed him because their hearts were hardened. Hebrews 4, 7 says, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Let us pray.